0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Hey, are you all ready for the Word today? I am excited about all that God is doing. Open up your Bibles, if you would, to John the 11th chapter. Today, we're going to be talking about a greater mission. What does that mean? Well, let me just give you, uh, you know, some spoilers to begin with. We're going to be going to John chapter 11. It is the chapter where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Okay? Now, a lot of people wanted Jesus to do a lot of things at that moment, and some people didn't want him to do anything. But Jesus had a bigger, much bigger, and much more important plan than anyone else knew. He was going to take care of everything as he's going to take care of everything in our world today. Jesus is never left without a plan, Jesus is never left without a purpose. Jesus has a mission. In fact, we're going to see in the 11th chapter of John how Jesus had a greater mission than what other people knew about. That's why it's so important that we trust him and keep trusting him and let him make the big calls. And we obey him. We follow him in his word. So in John the 11th chapter, this may be a familiar passage to some of you. I would encourage you to read it all because I'm going to have to jump to some highlights uh, in order for us to get through this. But we're going to have some fun and we're going to learn some things. Today is going to be your goal to choose one thing that you hear today and incorporate it into your life. One thing, you know, I am not Jesus. I am just a messenger. Okay. I am a messenger today, a messenger for God to, to give, you know, I mean, thousands of people today, you know, many of you in places that, that I've never visited in, and, uh, and, and some of you, you know, just right down the street here, you know, and all of you on campus, you know, how in the world can one message be a personal message from God for every person? That's because God has this ability, this amazing, miraculous ability. Not only is he omnipresent, he's everywhere at one time, and not only is he om- omniscient, he, he knows everything uh but but he also has this amazing ability to take one word and to put so many facets on that one word of his, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a diamond that goes out and each facet speaks specifically a different word, a different shade, a different need for every individual. The word that I give you today is designed by God to meet your need and to change your life forever. So my job is to deliver what God has given me. I've been studious. I've been prayerful. You know, I've, I've, I've been conscious and I'm connected. And I know that I stand here with a word from God. I have that confidence. But it matters very little what I say. It doesn't matter how much I say. What matters is what you will hear and what you will take away from this. That's the, that that's makes the difference. And so let me encourage you, do your part. Find one thing today that makes a difference in your life, that you can incorporate in your life. And if you have a little extra time and a little extra room, then find one more thing you could give to someone else. Okay, Because you will get that chance. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary. You know, John wants us to know which Mary he's talking about. Verse 2 tells us, well, it was that Mary uh, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. He wanted to make sure, because there's so many Marys in the Word of God, and Jesus, knowing the end from the beginning, knew that we would be standing here, Gentiles, in, in the United States of America and many other countries around the world, not really understanding who all those Marys are in the Bible and it can get confusing so he wants us to nail this down this is that Mary that anointed Jesus' feet with oil and dried them with her hair. Do you remember that he's saying? That's the Mary whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now this particular thing here to identify Mary that John is talking about has not happened yet in in the 11th chapter of John. This is not the Matthew 7 anointing of Jesus. This is the the John 12. It's going to happen in about two months. About two months from this Lazarus moment, about two months from, from chapter 11... We're going to read in chapter 12 where Mary actually anointed his feet with oil. And uh, she did it perhaps to show her love and her appreciation for Jesus having raised her brother from the dead and restored him to life. And um, this instance, you can read about it later. Please do read in John 12 later because for some reason here, uh, uh, John felt it necessary to make sure you knew what Mary had done. You see, uh, people all over uh, uh, Christendom at that time had heard these stories. John is writing this to us late in the first century. You know, it's, it's almost the year 100. 100. And uh, the the churches are established, and he's writing this. He's in Turkey at this time, writing this from Ephesus. But all the churches knew that story. How that Mary, that Mary and uh, the the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, how she had in in, in great uh, respect and in great love and great appreciation so humbled herself and not only humbled herself, but she gave her riches. You know, this little bottle of oil, of perfumed oil that she rubbed, uh, you know, opened it. She broke the seal and opened it and poured it on his feet. It was very costly. I mean, it cost a lot. Most likely it was what she was saving for her wedding. That's how important Jesus was to her. She gave him her heart. She gave him her riches. She gave him herself. She, she, she you know, dried his feet with her hair. You know, the, the most prized possession uh, that, that she had. She was humbling herself. And, and if you read the story in John chapter 12, you'll find out that Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus later, Judas complained And he said, why was that oil wasted? It was very costly. It was very precious. Why did she do that? You know, there's always going to be people complaining. Hello? Every generation, there's always going to be people complaining about what other people do for Jesus. There's always going to be complaining. You know, I mean, this is, you know, the world is filled And there's one in every crowd and one in every group, a worldly, selfish, liar, thieves who care for nobody but themselves. That was Judas. The Bible even tells us why he complained. He complained because he was the treasurer of Jesus Ministries Incorporated. And he kept the money bag. And the Bible says he didn't care one thing about the poor. But he said this this could have been sold in the money given to the poor But he did not care one bit about the poor, you know uh, th- listen there th- there are some of these people in every group. They don't care one thing about what they're complaining about They have another agenda. The bible says he just wanted the money Yeah, he just wanted the money listen follow the money There are a lot of people just wanting the money in every situation here Uh, That was Judas' concern. You, You know, some people will never give Jesus their money. Neither will they give themselves to Jesus. But when someone like Mary gives her heart to Christ, he will have everything that person has. They give their all, everything they are, all they have. Mary, you see, had given her heart to Jesus. Judas had not. Judas was just hanging around the Jesus people. Judas was just hanging around Jesus' things. Jesus was even, I mean, Judas was even helping with Jesus' work. Judas, you know, if they had had a VBA, Judas would have been right there helping out. But he'd never given his heart to Christ. Woo! Judas could have been a Sunday school teacher. That had never given his heart to Christ. Come on now, get real with me. Judas could have been a community leader. Judas could have been presumably a good person. He could have been a helper of all the things that that, that Jesus planned on doing. He could have been walking right along with the crowd that loved Jesus. But yet, in his heart, he had never given his heart to Christ. Don't let that be you. We see that Jesus defended Mary. If you read about it in the 12th chapter of John, we're chasing a rabbit right now. (laughs) We'll get back to the 11th chapter in a moment. We see that Jesus defended Mary and he only corrected Judas just a little bit. Why? Because he was on a greater mission. He had a bigger, much more important message to take care of. He was on a greater mission than just going around rebuking everybody at every drop of the hat and everything. You know, he had had something bigger on his mind. And he still does today. Let's continue the story of Lazarus and the sisters. You, You remember here, Lazarus was sick. Okay. This was the brother of Mary, that Mary that... You know, in in John 12, anointed Jesus. Uh, Verse 3, therefore the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. The one you love is sick. Uh, Verse 4, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he was with his disciples. And he, he said to his disciples, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Hmm. Verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Uh, go with me here on this adventure. Let's, let's, let's put ourselves in a real world where they were. They're, they're, they're not you know, in, in, in some fake, fictitious fable. They were in a real world situation. Here Jesus... Gets the message that Lazarus, his friend, the brother of Mary and Martha, and he loved every one of them. He loved each one of them. He loved that family. He loved them. And yet, he did not immediately come to their aid. He didn't do what they asked him to. He didn't do what they expected him to. He didn't do what they wanted him to in the way he, that, that they wanted, in the way that they asked. He didn't do that. He told his disciples and said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, now, you know, there are some people in this world that really do seek contradiction. There are people in this world, please don't be one of these people. That try to find something wrong with the word of God. Try to find something wrong with Jesus. Try to find something that is in error. Something that contradicts. Because here Jesus has said this sickness is not unto death. And Lazarus is going to die. But there is no contradiction. But for a time it could have appeared that way. For a time it could have appeared that Jesus didn't care. For a time it could have appeared that his word didn't work. For the time it could have appeared that he was lying or that he was hedging or that he was somehow boasting. For the time it could have, for a period of time it could have appeared like he didn't know what he was talking about. But oh, he did. He always knows what he's talking about. You know, listen, God knows what he intends whenever he gives us his word. We are often the ones that don't know. We are often the ones that don't understand. We are often the ones that miss it or some shade of it or what God intends. But you know, God, his word is truth. Truth is never determined by a show of hands. Nor can truth be disproven through the lens of current concerns. Well, that's good enough for me to put up there in red, wasn't it? Let me say that again. Truth is never determined by a show of hands, nor is it disproven through the lens of current concerns. In the end, truth demands no defense. Jesus does not need us to save him. We need him to save us. Verse 6, so when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Woo, does that, hello, anybody feel like Jesus is waiting right now on something? Anybody been asking him to do something that he, that that you know he can and said he would, and it looks like he's just waiting around, yeah, hesitating? (laughs) Jesus told his disciples, I, well, I'm, I, two, two days later, our friend Lazarus sleeps. Let's go see him. And, and, and they said, oh, wait, wait. If he's sleeping, he'll get well. He'll be okay. Don't worry about it, you know. And Jesus uh, wasn't talking to them as they supposed he, They thought Jesus was talking about he's taking a nap. He's resting. Jesus was talking about he'd done died. And so in verse 14, then Jesus said to his disciples plainly, uh, Lazarus is dead. Now, wait a second. You said he's not going to die. Now he's dead. I am confused. <laughs> uh, Jesus told him in the 15th verse that, and I'm glad for your sakes that, that, that you know, uh, that I was not there. Why? Because it's kind of hard to die. In Jesus' presence. (laughs) I'm just just glad I wasn't there. uh, Because this is going to help you in your faith. This is going to. I mean, come on. We're supposed to be stacking up. uh, Testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony love not our lives unto the death we're supposed to be stacking up testimony how many times has jesus helped us he said you know you, you, you'll you'll see something in the end here and and I'm, I'm glad i wasn't there because this is going to help you in the end it's going to help you to believe nevertheless let us go to him and then thomas if if you read this account thomas uh, 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 said uh, who's also called the twin He told his fellow disciples, he said, yeah, uh, let's go that that we may die with him. You know, some people just have this, you know, uh, nothing's going to get better. So we just may well go ahead and die with everybody else. Let's just, you know, uh, what is going on? It must have looked pretty bleak about that time. You ever been in a situation that looked kind of bad at that moment? You know, it must have looked pretty bad to Thomas and the disciples. Why? Because they they had uh, just, you know... uh, had some dealings with these Jews in Jerusalem, and they were trying to stone Jesus. They were wanting to kill him. They were, you know, they they had committed to kill him. They had decided they were going to kill him. And here, the disciples, you know, did not want Jesus to go back to Jerusalem, but here Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come. You know, there are a lot of people pulling on Jesus both ways. Come on now. Do you know in World War II on D-Day, do you know there were people in boats going across the English Channel, the, the, the allies going across praying the Lord's Prayer while there were Germans in bunkers on the, 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 the beaches of Normandy praying the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Well documented. Yeah. Both of them pulling on God, trying to get God to do what I want him to. Let me tell you, he has a greater mission. I'm so glad he doesn't listen to you (laughs) or me or anybody else to get his truth, to get his direction, to formulate his plan, to calculate his timing, to accomplish his purpose. Things must have looked pretty bad. And the disciples did not agree that he needed to go back. But Jesus told them, listen, my friend is dead. You know, Jesus knows something others don't know. I mean, they they, they had no idea. Nobody knew anything. It was a confusing time. And it was about to get more confusing. Because here, in just uh, literally just a few weeks, or just just a few days, actually, within a couple weeks, Jesus is going to go to the cross. This This is... Things, you know, are going to get more confusing, but they're going to accomplish the greater purpose, the greater plan of God, just outside the envelope of men's knowledge and men's wisdom, far superior to things people knew and things people wanted, because people wanted different things. People imagined best was this, and best was this, and we should do this, you know, Listen, when when there are so many voices, voices like many waters, we need to stand up and look up. Trust in him and follow his lead. Obey his word and not try to manipulate him or manipulate truth or manipulate um, experiences. It must have been more difficult for Jesus Can you imagine how stressful it already was on him? He's about to go to the cross. Now you might say, hold on a second. Don't tell me my, my Lord had stress. Of course he had stress. Have you never read about him praying sweat drops of blood? Do you know what that is? That's stress. Yeah. Stress is not a sin, by the way, because Jesus was without sin. But he was pressured to the point where he said, Oh, Lord, God, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. He didn't just pray it once. He prayed it three times. He wanted, all he wanted was just to do God's will. He didn't want to do his own will. He didn't want to do anyone else's will. He didn't want to take counsel with anybody. And he did not want even to resist the devil. If the devil was accomplishing God's will You might say hold on preacher Well I can't fully develop that right here But let me just tell you who wanted Jesus Dead The devil did Who else wanted him dead God did He couldn't say it's just The devil and therefore I'm Not doing it That's not good enough You have to submit yourself, submit yourselves therefore unto God and resist the devil. Your first action is to submit to God and then you know when and how to resist those things around you. But there must come a submission to Christ. I don't mean to be so deep. I don't want to, you know, throw my Sunday morning crowd a piece of meat that they can't chew. But that's the truth. Life is more than just being against bad things. Jesus had something much bigger and more important on his mind. He was on a greater mission. He had a plan. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Took him a little while to get there, didn't it? Uh, Now, uh, um, these two girls, Mary and Martha they were pretty disappointed. I mean, their brother just died. They loved their brother. And, and, and Jesus didn't come when he was asked. You know, and, and they were dealing with grief in different ways. The Bible tells us that that Mary was sitting and crying while Martha was was uh, you know uh, uh, dealing with her grief in a little different way. Martha you know got up and went and went out and sought Jesus. Went out you know she heard that he was coming and she got up and went out there. Mary just sat there. People deal with grief in different ways and their disappointments in different ways. Uh, um, and, and although respectfully, uh, Martha when she found Jesus on the road, you know uh, she was pretty straightforward with him. She shared with him her frustration listen to what she said in John 11 verse 21 then Martha said to Jesus Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died well now Jesus pretty much already said that you know I'm glad I wasn't there you know but here Martha is 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 leveling an indictment against Jesus she's she's basically blaming him she's basically saying you know in in a nice respectful way it's your fault you could have stopped this. Oh my goodness. That's all you need. That's all you need when you're really trying to help. When you really got a plan. Is your closest people that you love so much. And they love you and they know who you are. They just stop following you. Because the moment that they're going through. You know. They think that the moment is everything. It's not. The, the moment. The current concern We cannot make that bigger than the mission, than all that he has done and all that he will do. Sometimes you have to go through one thing to get to another thing. But she was disappointed. It's your fault. And I know you could have done something about it. And I know I know you could do something about it now if you wanted to. That's what she says in verse 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, uh, God will give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, verse 24. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Listen, Jesus, get, get real. If you'd have been here, you could have stopped it. And I understand heaven is, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One day it'll be okay, by and by. But I'm talking about the now. That's what Martha's saying. I want some now. I do something for. I mean, if you you could have stopped it, you could do something about it now. Your brother lived, yeah. But you're talking about heaven. You're talking about something that's not real to me right now. You know, problems of the past. Promises of the future, they're all empty when somebody is only focused about now Come on now, this is good stuff You would think that I was preaching in, you know, in the month of July 2020 (laughs) Even good Bible-believing, Jesus-loving followers of Christ have a problem with now now can make them lose heart and lose faith now can make them sometimes be nasty and mean and accusative and uh, you know uh, and frustrated and aggravated and irritated and complaining come on now hey this is good stuff i know we're social distancing so just look at somebody and say he's talking about you come on now don't d- don't turn that dial you don't have dials anymore do you don't don't push that button there you go thank you what about the now well you know jesus said to her the truth which is a far greater truth than what we imagine you know uh, we can't comprehend all that he meant by this this we just get just a little just just a little you know sliver of what he meant by this but if we understood the full truth of it we'd all have a smile on our face and joy in our heart and you know stepping high and sharing the word you know having faith we'd all be moving mountains. Listen to what he answered when she said, what about my now? You know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I understand about, I got problems from the past and I got promises in the future, but what about my today? You're not doing anything for me today, Jesus. Jesus said to her, I am. That would have been enough. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. And then he asked her, do you believe this? Wow. That's the question of today. What do we believe? It's not about the problems of the past. It's not about the promises in the future, but about what Jesus can do in the right now in my life in my mind, in my heart, in my hope, by my faith. What can he do for me now? He says, I am your now. I am your right now. What do you need? What do we need? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is enough? Will you cling to him or are you going to, you know, be like the uh, The jerk. All I need is just this chair and this lamp and this, you know, whatever else, you know, all I need is Jesus and, 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 and I'm uh, all you need is Jesus. And you seek him and his kingdom and all the things that you need elsewise will be added to you by him in its time verse 27, Martha said to Jesus, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God who has come into the world. Whoa. You know, she believed. She just needed to have her her faith awakened, touched, checked, challenged just a little bit. What is your answer? Do you believe? You know, uh, Mary left then, uh, if, if, if you'll read the account, and she went home and she Went where Mary was. Uh, Martha left and went to where Mary was and, and, and got Mary away from the crowd because there was a crowd at her house and <clears throat> got her away from the crowd and in verse 28 uh, she says to Mary, the teacher has come Jesus has come and he's calling for you. You remember the different reactions of Mary and Martha. Martha got up and went out and sought Jesus and Mary just sat there and kind of kind of wept in her grief. She was broken hearted. You know some people when they're, when they're disappointed some people when they're broken hearted, some people when they're afraid some people when they're going through things that they don't want to go some people get aggressive and some people get passive hello it's common some people just sit down and just get depressed some people get up want to fight well as soon as mary verse 29 as soon as mary heard that jesus was calling for her he asked for her She arose and quickly came to him. Isn't that amazing? That amazes me how that some seek Jesus out, even to complain to him, while others only respond to his call when he calls them out of their disappointment, out of their quietness. In John 11, verse 32, the Bible says, then Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and she fell down at his feet saying, (laughs) Lord, does this sound familiar? Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You know, uh, she had, you know, these two girls have been talking, evidently. They've been sharing. They both believed the same thing. They both said the same thing. One of them aggressively came out and, and, and you know, God sought him and, and got on to him. And, and, and the other one, uh, when, he, when, when he called her, she got up and went, you know, respectfully, but she's still in a respectful voice, Lord, uh, it's really your fault. One of them said, it's your fault. And one of them said, mm. You know, Jesus, it's really your fault. Because that's how we feel. I mean, we can feel very unjustly attended to when we know that someone could do something. And whether or not we become aggressive or whether we're more passive, yet it's our heart that we need to protect. Just because you're quiet in your complaint, just because you're less aggressive in your complaint and someone else is more aggressive, does not make you a better person. It makes me safer, but it does not make you a better person. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have <laughs> the quiet one, by the way. Uh, now, Jesus had such compassion on Mary and her loss and, his grief, and uh, her grief. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 15. And, uh, and, and, and so uh, when the, the Bible, if you'll read the story there in, in the 11th chapter of John, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and he saw the other people, you know, supporting her, Jesus, I mean, it broke his heart. It broke his heart. Uh, not for Lazarus, but for Mary. You know, his heart is broken for us today. Okay. Jesus' heart is broken for us and here we have the shortest verse in the Bible. John 11 verse 35 simply says Jesus wept. Jesus broke down and started crying. He saw Mary's Disappointment. He had just gone through all the stress and the pressure, and he had just gone through all the disappointments. He had to drag the disciples with him, and one of them was just going to go there and just give up. And 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 uh, you know, and and they they had no faith, they had no hope, they had no future. They felt like and uh, you know, and 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 here at Mary and Martha. He's meeting more people who who are thinking, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know everybody hates me nobody loves me yes I'll go eat worms you know kind of feeling you know the sky's falling you know nothing I mean and it's your fault it's your fault it's your fault and Jesus sees all the support that Mary has and she's weeping and she's meek and she's mild and and, but yet she still uh, you know feels like you know she's been done wrong and so Jesus literally just breaks down and starts crying those around him as you read the story, we'll say, oh, look, look how much he loved Lazarus. He's there, you know, crying over him and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, couldn't if he have helped him. He's helped so many other people. Bless his heart. He couldn't keep him from dying. And all the time Jesus is standing over there, the Bible says that Jesus is groaning in his spirit He's groaning. He's he's broken hearted. He's crying. He's groaning in his spirit. And he finally, Jesus says to them, take away the stone. (laughs) Oh, take away the stone. There was a stone covering the grave. And Martha said to him, well, he's been in that cave now for four days. And you know, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be the most pleasant thing. And Jesus said to her in John 11 verse 40, "Did not I say, did I not say?" I memorized this in the King James, it says, "Did not I say? But the new King James says, "Did I not say to you that if you would believe." you would see the glory of God. Now, there is a solid promise. You need to put that, not just in your promise box, but out of your promise box and stick it up on your mirror and on your sun visor in your car. You need to write it on the doorpost and, you know, and on your heart. Have not I said unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? <laughs> now, take away that stone. Oh, my goodness. Whoo. You know how many times over the last 40 years I have had to say to myself, in a moment, in a moment, whenever I felt like, and indeed it was true, Jesus did not do what I asked him to do when I asked him to do it. When I was going through a moment in a difficult situation and, and I knew he could have stopped it and I knew that I'd be okay in heaven, yet my now needed Jesus and I have had to tell myself numbers of times. That's why I memorized that scripture. Have not I said unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. No, and, oh, and I cry out to him, I believe, oh God, help my unbelief. Help me to see through the circumstance, to see through the cloud, to see through the, 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 the contradiction that I'm seeing between your word and my experience. Help me to see through this because I know you're not a liar. I know that your arm is not short. I know that you can do all things. I know heaven is waiting for me, but I need help now. Believe, he said. Believe. Believe. It's time. Believe. They took away the stone. He told God, you're with me and I know you're with me and I don't say this out loud for you. But I say this out loud for others. You know, sometimes like Jesus, we need to say things out loud for others. You may know what you believe, and you may know your relationship with God, and you may know that everything's going to be okay, but, you know, sometimes we need to open up our mouth for others, and we need, and that's what Jesus said. I'm not saying this, you know, I know, but, but for their sake, let me make this plain. <laughs> John 11, 43. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus come forth I should have done that louder I guess can you imagine Jesus crying take away the stone oh God you know all these broken-hearted people around him him trying to remind them just to believe just believe just believe just believe just believe believe. please believe come on now God Lazarus! He loved him. Come forth! Oh my goodness, one word from the master changes everything. When we hear that word, it changes everything. Let me ask you, when will when are we going to hear that? When are we let me tell you, when he gets ready and not before. He's easily touched with the feelings that we are having today. He's easily touched with what's going on in our nation. He has not forgotten us. Uh, he, you know, he, he loves us. He has a plan that's much bigger and he's on a mission, a greater mission than we may understand. He has a greater purpose in everything that's going on around us. And, and you know, uh, just as he said to Martha, you know, uh, do you believe this? On Friday, I received a text from a woman uh, whom I have known to be a true intercessor, and she is a gifted. Um, uh, um, she's gifted with a spiritual gift of prophecy. I've known her for a lot of years and many of you know her. She preached here in March just before this COVID thing impacted uh, our, our, our nation and the world. Uh, uh, her name is Linnell Miller. You remember, uh, she is the wife of the pastor John, uh, of Church on the Rock in Texarkana, John Miller. And she was here. She sent me a text on Friday morning. Uh, you know, she's also the daughter of, of a very well attested modern day prophet, Emmanuel Canastresi. And she said in her text, uh, to me that she was praying. She said, I was praying this morning and I was called into deep intercession. She said, and, 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 and I began weeping before the Lord and crying like I have not in so long. And she said, I just, just began. And I began uh, asking God, what is this? What is this going on? What does this mean? God, why is there such travail in my intercession? What is going on? and, and uh, uh, she asked God what he meant and, and she believes that the Lord showed her. And, and this is a quote from her text. She told me this uh, and she said, Jesus is weeping over our nation and the nations of the world. And he is about to cry out, come forth. Oh, I wholeheartedly believe that we are right in the middle of something that God is paying attention to. Let me tell you, Jesus is in the middle of this and he has a greater purpose. Jesus is Lord and even though he might not be answering like we want him to answer when we want him to answer and even though people on many sides may be pulling on him to do what they want him to do for some reason that they have, let me tell you nonetheless, he is Lord and he will do what he wants when he wants and my part is to believe him and trust him and open up my mouth and declare his word and believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I shall not faint. Almighty God is God. He is never wrong. Jesus is never wrong and he is never late. I'm going to stick to his word. He's got a bigger, more important mission than my comfort. He had a bigger and more important mission than Mary or Martha or even his disciples knew. And he still does today. What is my part in all of this? He wants me to believe. Number one, my part is to have faith in God. Do you have faith in God? Are you born again? You know, don't be like Judas. Don't walk around the things of Jesus and the things of the church. Don't walk, don't, don't walk with us all the way to the gates of heaven only to be turned, around, to, to, turned away at that point. Just because you sing the songs and, 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 and just because you quote the, the, the scriptures does not mean that you've given your heart to him. Just because you have a right cause, a righteous cause, just because you're working hard for something you believe in does not mean you have given your life to Christ. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Son of God, Messiah, and soon-coming King? If you do, then call upon Him to save your soul. Repent of your sins. Sins, the wrong things that you have done, those things which deserve eternal damnation. You have lied, you have cheated, you have you know, taken the name of the Lord in vain, you have you know, not honored your mother and your father, you have a born false witness, you, know, you have worshiped some other element in life. You know, and even if you haven't, you were born into sin. Because of your parents' sin and your grandparents' sin and your great-grandparents' sin. If any of them sinned, you were born in humanity's sin and you need Jesus, a Savior, who is ready and willing and able to forgive you of your sins eternally, to save your soul. And then, once you are born again, you need to begin to live that life. Have faith in God, faith that God has this all in his hands. He told us about it. He told us what would happen in the end times, but he told us that he's right there with us. Never leave us, never forsake us. He's got a plan for us. You know, wow. Number two, take off those grave clothes. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he did. But then Jesus said to all those who were there, all those who had just witnessed that miracle, he told him, take off his grave clothes. Loose him and let him go. Set him free. What was he talking about? Well, Lazarus came out. He was alive, but he was bound hand and foot. And he had a covering. He was blinded because his face was all wrapped up. You can read about it. What did Jesus need? He needed them to believe him and he needed them to begin a discipleship process in others who were just coming alive. Jesus is about to resurrect people. He's about to cry out, come forth, and people are going to be born again. They're going to come out of their graves, but they're still going to have their grave closed on. They're still going to be stuck in that death, in that past. They're still going to need some help. They're going to need to to, to clear up their confusion, to clear up their disappointments. We need to take the Word of God, and we need to make sure that we are doing the Great Commission. Jesus has a greater mission, and we have a Great Commission. We need to make sure that we are making disciples of all nations. We need to make sure that we are reaching out to people who are being born again because people all around our community and all around your community and all around the world are coming to Christ and we the church we cannot say no you were over there. You were in that grave. You were a part of that. We can't look at their grave clothes and say that we can't touch them. We can't look and then smell them and smell the stench that's on them. The stench of the world, the stench of death, and 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 excuse ourselves from helping them. We must commit because the world is about to hear the voice of God, and they are going to come out of their graves. And we must be willing to receive them, black and white, and Asian, Hispanic, those that were like us, and those that did not like us, and those that that that, that are just in need of somebody. Taking off their grave clothes Loosing them And letting them free That's our challenge Verse 44 And he said And he who had died came out Bound hand and foot with grave Clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth And Jesus said to them What I say to you today Loose him And let him go May the Lord Bless you and protect you May He give you peace in your home and joy in your heart. May He increase you with with resources. May He just also give you a chance to make a difference in someone else's life, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.